You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Today is a special episode of the Bruce Exclusive. Now, obviously, all of my episodes, I think, are special. But this one's special because I do it every year. And every year, it's a fun exercise. And it's the quarterback tiers. The Bruce Nolan NFL 2021 quarterback tiers. For those of you who have not had the opportunity to listen to me do a tiering episode before now, there are some background items that you need to make sure that you are aware of before we get started. Both of these items are related to the methodology by which I tier quarterbacks. The first one is that wins are not a quarterback stat. So if you want to use winning franchises to bolster your argument as to what quarterbacks are good and what quarterbacks are bad, it will essentially have no effect on me. I will dismiss all of it. Wins are the least contextual of all quarterback assigned metrics to the point where I don't even believe they should be assigned to quarterbacks. It's not a quarterback stat. In the micro they offer the least amount of value. Over the course of a couple years, Mitch Trubisky can have a better win-loss record than Deshaun Watson. But then you say, well, it's, it's not a significant enough sample size, Bruce. You're always talking about sample size. By the time you get a significant enough sample size, by the time you get seven, eight, ten years of an NFL career, By then, you have introduced a ton of other variables like organizational stability, how good the coaching staff was, turnover at the coaching staff, and also turnover in the front office, organizational incompetence in general. You've introduced all that. In addition, the bigger sample size that you get, which is then necessary to start to draw a correlation between wins and quarterback play, now you've got a litany of other metrics that are way better at evaluating quarterback play than wins and losses. It's useless. It is completely useless as a quarterback evaluation tool, which is what stat is. So the phrase, wins are not a quarterback stat. What I mean by that specifically is that 
Statistics are intended to measure the thing you are intending to measure. That is the purpose. That is the function of what they are done in the purposes of evaluation. If it is useless in the micro and the macro is necessary to provide context, and by that time you have now introduced a ton of other variances and you have introduced the idea that other metrics will way better correlate to quarterback play, it's useless. There is no point in ever using them. I will never use them to evaluate quarterback play. But it's important that we establish that because of the method by which I do tier quarterbacks. So if wins aren't a quarterback stat, but the purpose of your franchise on the field is to win, then the question becomes, how much help do you have to give this quarterback in order for your team to win things they want to win? Games, winning the playoffs, winning Super Bowl. That's the goal on the field of these teams. So how much help do you have to give them? Because it's been established you can win a Super Bowl with less than elite quarterback play. It's just rare. You can win a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. You can win a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. You just need an elite remainder of team. So given the fact that you can win a Super Bowl with good quarterback play, you can win a Super Bowl with elite quarterback play, you can win a Super Bowl with less than stellar quarterback play, the question needs to be, the better your quarterback is, the less help you need to give them. So how much help do you need to give them? So the method by which we are evaluating quarterbacks is by how much help you have to give them in order for your team to sustain the same level of success and achieve it. So that's important. The fact that wins are a quarterback stat is a foundational piece of the method by which we do tier quarterbacks. The second thing that's important for you to know is that I'm using Stu scores as a benchmark for these tiers. For those of you who are unfamiliar, hit up my Twitter at Bruce Exclusive, or you can go back to the Thanksgiving Day episode of this podcast and listen to an explanation about QB stew. It is a metric composite composed of curated advanced statistics and metrics that I believe in totality do a pretty good job of establishing how well a quarterback has played. And because of that, this is the first year where I've had an entire stew system available to me when I have tiered the quarterbacks. And as such, it kind of helps me give a roadmap for my line of thinking. So it's important you know those two things before we get started. With those things in mind, here are the quarterback tiers. The first tier is can win Super Bowl in plurality do too. You may recall if you've listened to a previous quarterback tier episode of the Bruce Exclusive that this tier used to say can win Super Bowl primarily do too. But I didn't love the way that it sounded. Shout out to Aaron Quinn, co-host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast, for initially planting this idea in my head about seven months ago. And I made myself a reminder. I put it in my phone for seven months from now. And I said, okay, Bruce, when the opportunity comes around to do the quarterback tier, change the vernacular there. Because primarily almost sounds like I'm giving quarterbacks the statistic, and I'm not. But when you say in plurality do too, what I mean by this can win Super Bowl in plurality do too, 
is you can win a Super Bowl with that quarterback being the biggest reason why you did. Not a majority reason, and not nearly enough to give him a win as a stat. There are lots of things that go into a win. If you think about it like a pie graph, you have quarterback play, coaching, pass rush, coverage, situational ability, special teams, all these things go into the pie of the reason why you win or lose the game. I am of the opinion that quarterback play can be the largest chunk of it. That does not mean it's 51%. That doesn't mean it's 60%, 70%. I opined on a previous podcast that it could potentially be in the 38% range of the reason why you win and lose a game. But can win Super Bowl in plurality do too. The top tier of quarterback play means this team can win a Super Bowl with that quarterback being the biggest reason why you do. The best player on your team, that quarterback. That can happen. You can have a scenario where that quarterback's play can be the biggest reason why you win a Super Bowl. The next tier is need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs in plurality due to. Similar idea. That team can make the playoffs, and that quarterback can be the biggest reason why you did. If you want to win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to give them some notable support. But if you've got that quarterback playing well on your team, that can be the biggest chunk of a playoff team. The third tier is need notable support to make playoffs. This is a team where that quarterback's presence doesn't necessarily make them a playoff contender. It might. They can be a playoff quarterback, but you've got to give them some help. Their presence, essentially in a vacuum, won't make that team a playoff team. You can't say, well, you know what? They've got Joe Bob Schmidt on their team. And Joe Bob Schmidt is amazing. And if he's on your team, you got a shot to make the playoffs just due to his presence. That's not what this is. You need support to make the playoffs. The fourth tier is need significant support to make the playoffs. Note the vernacular change. The third tier was need notable support. Support that you go, okay, they're, they're trying. Like they're trying to help them out. They're doing their best there. Significant support is, man, they really had to put their back into it. Like they really had to be pretty good to elite remainder of team to make sure they made the playoffs. Again, completely passable quarterback play potentially. They can give you good moments, but they're not going to carry you anywhere. These are teams that are not going to be carried by their quarterback. The final tier is undetermined. These are quarterbacks for which there is a sample size issue. You don't have enough data on this person. So those are your five tiers of quarterbacks. Can win Super Bowl in plurality due to. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs in plurality due to. Need notable support to make playoffs. Need significant support to make playoffs and undetermined. Now that we have prepped appropriately, we're going to do the tiers. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and we are going to go through all the tiers, including where Josh Allen falls. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. And thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Thanks for coming back. 
Thanks for stopping by, San Diego. I'm reading off a teleprompter, and you know what? Whatever they put on the teleprompter, I will read. We talked about the methodology that goes into making quarterback tiers. And now that we've done that, and I've explained myself, now we can go through the quarterback tiers, starting at the bottom, because that's what Drake would do. Undetermined, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. Makes sense. That's our rookies. I'm not going to tier rookies. I don't know anything about them. They don't even have a stew score because they didn't play last year. So I can't really put them anywhere. In case you're wondering why Justin Fields and Trey Lance are on this list, even though they may not be the starters, when there is fogginess in relation to who's going to be the starting quarterback, I put both quarterbacks on the list. Tier number four needs significant support to make playoffs. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater was 20th in Stu score for 2020. I think we know at this point what Teddy Bridgewater is. I think the idea that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be some franchise's franchise quarterback has long gone out the window. And because of that, he was brought on to provide veteran competition for Drew Locke. But he needs significant support in order to have his team make the playoffs. Jared Goff, 21st in Stu score, actually below Teddy Bridgewater. He did get significant support. In LA, he got a tremendous amount of support from the system and from the skill positions. I think that the coaching staff eventually realized how much that they were needing to help Jared Goff. And because of that, he's no longer an LA Ram. Drew Locke, 29th in Stu score. The Denver Broncos fans are holding on to hope that Drew Locke can make the type of improvement that Josh Allen can. Because Josh Allen in 2018 and 2019 was not providing the Buffalo Bills with franchise-level quarterback play. In 2018, Josh Allen's Stu score was 31.14. As a reminder, lower is better. In 2019, Josh Allen's Stu score was a little bit better, but it was still 27.57. In 2020, Josh Allen's stew score was 3.57, which is very good. They are hoping, the Broncos fans that is, that Drew Locke can make a similar jump. We mentioned last year that the type of jump we were seeing from Josh Allen was incredibly improbable. In fact, I phrased him and deemed him Josh Allen the improbable. Let's find out how improbable that really is, because if Drew Locke does it, This year, maybe it's not quite as improbable as we potentially thought it was. For references, Drew Locke's QB Stu score was 33 in 2020, which means he was slightly worse than Josh Allen was in 2018, which means I would make an argument that if Drew Locke is good in 2021, it could potentially be a larger jump than Josh Allen showed because I think Josh Allen was better in 18 and 19 than Drew Locke was over the total course of 2020. Andy Dalton was 25th in Stu score, and he also finds himself in the need significant support to make playoffs. Very similar to Teddy Bridgewater, we know what Andy Dalton is. Tua Tungavaloa, 26th in Stu score for 2020. He also shows up in need significant support to make playoffs, although 
the sample size is very small for Tua. And early in the careers, these rankings and tiers are very, very fluid. He could absolutely jump with his second year in the league. You don't know. Carson Wentz, who did not play well in 2020, also shows up in this tier. They're trying to fix him. If you have a quarterback who's on a team and you're trying to fix him, then maybe you should make sure he's in this tier because otherwise he wouldn't need to be fixed. If I'm tiering quarterbacks and I have a reclamation project, they're probably going to show up here or else they wouldn't need to be reclaimed. Sam Darnold was 32nd in Stu score last year. He also shows up and needs significant support to make playoffs. Again, a reclamation project. So Wentz and Darnold, both reclamation projects, show up in this tier. Daniel Jones, New York Giants, 24th in Stu score for 2020. He also shows up in this tier. Again, a young quarterback where the franchise is hoping for a jump, just like Drew Locke. Same thing, hoping for a third-year jump from Daniel Jones. And if you don't get a third-year jump, I don't think there is a debate that the current level at which they're playing isn't good enough, which is why they're in this tier. Taysom Hill is in this tier. He is competing for a quarterback job in New Orleans. He is in this tier. I think that the general consensus when Sean Payton would speak highly of Taysom Hill before the 2020 season where he actually got an opportunity to start some games was what's going on. And then he came out and wasn't really that bad. But the longer he played, the more you started to see that there were some opportunities there for the Saints to clearly upgrade. Although he offers great athleticism at the position, I think at this point, his age, his already significantly stunted development curve, really don't put him any higher than this. Now, it should be noted that Taysom Hill does not have a stew score because he didn't have enough reps last year to qualify for some of the metrics that make up stew. But of the eight other quarterbacks in this tier who have stew scores from the previous year, the average stew score ranking was 26. So that tracks. So far, it's logically consistent with what I said would give us a pretty decent idea of how the quarterback played holistically when I created the composite last year. Moving on to the third tier of quarterbacks, which is need notable support to make the playoffs. Joe Burrow was 19th in Stu score last year. There very well could be a sample size argument here, but I feel like I've seen enough to be able to place him now, fully knowing that the tiers are fluid. This is where he is at this period in time. Next year could look completely different, but Joe Burrow is here with the 19th Stu score. Ryan Fitzpatrick with the 11th best Stu score in the NFL. Now, this is important. There are some quarterbacks who actually have a worse Stu composite than Ryan Fitzpatrick who are in a tier above him. Bruce, why? Here's why. We know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is at this point. He's had a significant and lengthy enough career that has never resulted in him making the playoffs. We know he needs notable sport to get there. We know he can't carry a team to the playoffs. He's been the starting quarterback of enough teams where I feel comfortable going a little bit off script 
and understanding that there are going to be quarterbacks who are ranked lesser than him when it comes to Sioux score, who I'm going to have a higher tier on. Because we know, qualitatively we know, what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. In fact, Ryan Fitzpatrick, spoiler alert, had a better Stu score than Herbert. Justin Herbert, who is ranked a tier above him. And we'll explain why when we get there. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is the second person in this tier. Jameis Winston is in this tier. I think he needs notable support to make the playoffs. I think he's clearly the better quarterback option for the New Orleans Saints, which is why Jameis Winston is here and Taysom Hill is in the tier beneath him. The interesting thing about the Saints quarterbacks is whoever it is who's going to be the Saints quarterback is going to get a lot of help. That's a good organization who has a lot of talent and a great coach. You will see this quarterback in a good position in 2020. Jameis Winston in this tier. Kyler Murray, who was 14th in the league in Stu score, also in this tier. I think he needs notable support to make the playoffs. You could make an argument as to whether or not he's gotten notable support thus far, depending on how you feel about Cliff Kingsbury. I am not an overly fond Cliff Kingsbury sort of guy, but the Cardinals are really going all in this year. The signings of A.J. Greed, J.J. Watt, they're really going in this year because they've got a decision to make on Kingsbury and on Kyler Murray. And I really think they're going in to try and make a run this year. Baker Mayfield, 13th in Stu score. Need notable support to make playoffs. He got notable support. You know how highly I think of what Kevin Stefanski and the Browns organization have done over the last two years. You know that. I think that Baker Mayfield led a good offense that does a good job of scheming up throws for him and allows him to get back away from the line of scrimmage with deep play action boots, multiple tight ends, crossing routes, and a strong running game. I think they did give him notable support. And guess what? They made the playoffs. They were close to knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs. Baker Mayfield, perfectly reasonable NFL quarterback. 13th in Stu score. So the quarterbacks who are in this tier had an average Stu score ranking for 2020 of 14.25. Obviously, it doesn't apply to James Winston. He didn't have enough reps in 2020 to be able to qualify. But Fitzpatrick, Murray, Burrow, Mayfield, average Stu score ranking between the four of them, 14.25. So the lowest tier average Stu score ranking for them was 26. The next tier up, the average Stu score ranking was 14.25. Let's move on to the next tier. Need notable support to win Super Bowl, but can make playoffs in plurality due to. These quarterbacks, due to their mere presence, give you a shot to make the playoffs. You're a playoff contender if they're on your team. First one, Kirk Cousins. Tenth in Stu score. Kirk Cousins and another quarterback who I'm about to name are the very border of this particular tier. And it's important to note that there are rankings within this tier. I'm lumping them together because I think that tiering can help you generate conversations that you can't have if you rank people. If you just rank them 1 to 32, people are going to get caught up in the nitty gritty versus the number 10 guy versus the number 11 guy and so on and so forth. But I want to have a qualitative discussion that utilizes 
some of the metrics that we've worked on, in this case, the Stu score, to be able to have a qualitative discussion. I think tiering accomplishes that more so than ranking does. So I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is the same as the next guy on the list, who is Matt Ryan, who was the 18th ranked Stu score, who I actually thought outperformed that a little bit. I think Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback. I think that there's an opportunity for him to really have a significant bounce back year. But if you look at his raw statistics from last year, they really weren't that bad. Matt Ryan played pretty well last year, all things considered. And if the Falcons can get some semblance of defense, that would be helpful. If they can get a little bit lucky, I think they can win some more games. But Matt Ryan played pretty well last year and didn't get the same level of help that Baker Mayfield did. So because of that, he ends up ahead of him, even though Baker Mayfield, Fitzpatrick, and Kyler Murray all have higher Stu score rankings than Matt Ryan. The other reason that Matt Ryan's on here is because of sample size. With Mayfield, with Murray, with Burrow, all of them have lower sample sizes than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been a quarterback where if he's on your team, you have a shot to make the playoffs. We know this to be true. And until I see his level of play decrease, I'm going to feel comfortable once again jumping the line a little bit when it comes to Stu score. So even though Mayfield, Fitzpatrick, and Murray all had a better Stu score ranking than Matt Ryan, Ryan still ends up in a tier ahead of them. Bruce went rogue. In addition, Kirk Cousins ends up at a Stu score. That's ranking is ahead of them. So you might think Baker Mayfield's better than Kirk Cousins, and maybe he is. Kirk Cousins actually had a better Stu score last year than Baker Mayfield and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow. Vikings had a lot of injury problems last year. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is in the top tier of quarterbacks, because if you'll notice, I didn't put him in the top tier of quarterbacks. What is the top tier? You can win a Super Bowl with him being the biggest reason. I don't think that's true about Kirk Cousins. I don't think if you won the Super Bowl, you'd be like, yep, they won the Super Bowl and Kirk Cousins was the biggest reason. I think it would be a total team effort. I think you need a good team around Kirk Cousins to win a Super Bowl. But I do think that his presence, as long as it's there, means the Vikings are not rebuilding. They are a playoff contender. Lamar Jackson, 16th in Stu score with a little bit, little bit, of a regression year this year. Now, of course, you're going to have a regression year because in 2019, he was unbelievable. But I still think Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback where if you have him on your team, he can make enough plays to make you a playoff contender. If you have an offensive system that packs it in tight like the Ravens do to give Jackson, make sure he's got lots of windows to run and get on the edges, you can get some big plays from him in the run game And he can still throw intermediate well. Now, there's obviously going to be questions about him throwing outside the numbers. The Ravens are hopeful that Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins can help him with that this year. Russell Wilson, seventh ranked in QB Stew ranking for 2020. Russell Wilson, I don't think is going to have a game that is going to age quite as well as other quarterbacks. Has a little Fran Tarkenton vibe to him. But he's been an elite quarterback for a long time. If he's on your team, you're a playoff contender. Again, like Lamar Jackson, he can make enough plays on his own with his ability to throw the ball downfield accurately and the ability to break contain 
and break somebody open in the secondary, I think that's valuable. Derek Carr was tied with Russell Wilson for the seventh best stew score in 2020. The Raiders have had a historically bad run of defense since John Gruden took over in 2018. The Raiders have had the worst defense in football by almost all metrics. It's been really bad. Wins are not a quarterback stat. Derek Carr has played well. Ryan Tannehill was the fifth best stew score. I got to swallow my pride a little bit on Ryan Tannehill. I expected a fairly significant regression from him in 2020. And that did not happen. Now, we can make an argument that it might happen when Arthur Smith leaves. But overall, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if you know this and watch any Ryan Tannehill. Very few quarterbacks hang in the pocket and deliver dimes with the barrel of the gun staring at them the way that Ryan Tannehill does. If you watch some Ryan Tannehill film, I think you'll come away impressed and you'll respect his ability and his growth that was clearly hindered by Adam Gates since he got to Tennessee. Dak Prescott doesn't have a stew score for 2020 because he didn't have enough games because he got hurt. But before he got hurt, was on pace for 6,000 yards, was lighting up the world, and the Dallas defense couldn't stop anybody. Again, wins are not a quarterback stat. Matthew Stafford, 17th ranked in stew score. And again, I jumped the line a little bit. I took someone who had a worse Stu score ranking than Fitzpatrick, Mayfield, and Murray, and I put him up a tier. Why? Again, sample size. I feel like I know what Matt Stafford is. And I feel like in Los Angeles, he has a chance to be as good as he's ever been. Because the Detroit organization didn't do him any significant favors while he was there. Justin Herbert, 12th ranked in QB Stu score, had the best rookie season of any quarterback in NFL history. That's not hyperbolic. Statistically, he had the best quarterback season of any rookie ever. So because of that, I think it's fair to be able to put him in this tier after his rookie year. In addition, anyone who watched any Chargers games last year know that we love Anthony Lynn, but he was a significant reason why Chargers lost games. Consistently bungled clock management, personnel, and organizational decisions. Justin Herbert was held back. He was trying to drag that team along and they couldn't pull it off. But I think if he's on your team and he's playing like he's playing, you can make the playoffs. The final person in this tier, Tom Brady. The sixth best stew score from 2020. Tom Brady played well last year. He needed notable support to win the Super Bowl, and he got notable support to win the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an extremely talented team. Coming into the draft, one of the questions was, what do you get a team who has everything? What do you get a team who doesn't have a lot of holes the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have a lot of holes? There was a lot of discussions about running backs, but again, running backs aren't really all that important to the success of your franchise. Tom Brady played really well. So does he need notable support to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, but he got it. So he won the Super Bowl. The average stew score ranking of the quarterbacks in this tier was 10.88. 
So it was 26 for the lowest tier was the average stew score ranking. It was 14.25 for the third tier. It was 10.88 for the second tier. And now we've arrived at the top tier of quarterbacks. Can win Super Bowl in plurality due to. This team can win a Super Bowl. And when you look back at the Super Bowl and the run and the season, you'll go, that was the biggest reason why. That guy's play was the biggest reason why this team won a Super Bowl. More important than coaching, more important than defense, more important. That was the biggest reason. There's four quarterbacks on this list. The first one is obvious, and it's the reigning, defending NFL MVP, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was number one in QB Stew ranking last year with a quarterback Stew score of 1.42, which thus far is the lowest and best stew ever recorded. Aaron Rodgers went absolutely bonkers in 2020. Was the best player in football? I'm not entirely sure that there's an argument against it. I understand that people argued for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. I don't think it was close, quite frankly. Allen got a couple MVP votes, and I think that's great. Rodgers deserved every single one he got and probably a couple that he didn't. He was that good in 2020. The next person in this tier is Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen shows up in the can-win Super Bowl in plurality due to. Do you know why I was comfortable putting him in this tier? It's because if the Bills would have won a Super Bowl, which wasn't that crazy of a thought. If they would have won a Super Bowl, the narrative would have been, look what Josh Allen did. Josh Allen essentially won the Indianapolis playoff game almost by himself because the Bills defense was not doing any favors. If the Buffalo Bills would have won the Super Bowl in 2020, the narrative would have been, look at the leap that Josh Allen made. And he was the biggest reason why they won the Super Bowl. So I don't think it's outlandish to put him here at all. His development was the number one reason why the Bills jumped to 13-3 and and won a division championship. Because earlier in the year, it was what the heck happened to this Buffalo Bills defense? Against the Rams, against the Dolphins earlier in the year, Josh Allen was carrying this team, Josh Allen in the passing offense specifically, because the running offense wasn't that good. It was Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the passing offense was carrying this team to wins. So yes, I feel completely comfortable putting Josh Allen in the can-win Super Bowl in plurality due to because the Bills were two wins away from that being the case. The next person on this tier is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had a stew score of 5.71. He was fourth in stew score in 2020. He was very, very good, as you would come to expect from Patrick Mahomes. He was very good. One of the things that's interesting is people ask me how Mahomes ends up getting kind of drugged down to fourth as if 5.71 is a bad stew score. Fourth is bad somehow. And the answer is always the same thing. CPOE, completion percentage over expected, is the metric that is made up in the stew that consistently drags Patrick Mahomes down. And the reason that is, is because a lot of the receivers he's completing passes for are wide open. And it's because he's getting 
assistance from the scheme. That doesn't mean he's not making ridiculous throws. That doesn't mean he's not a great quarterback. That means he's a great quarterback and Andy Reid's doing a great job. But CPOE, completion percentage over expected, takes into consideration depth of target and it takes into consideration distance between the receiver and the nearest defender. Basically, how big is your window? And if you should be expected to make those throws, then you're not going to get as much credit when they do get made. When you're concocting the composite that Stu is, it's important to know what individual component in that stew is dragging you down or pulling you up. And for Mahomes, every single year I've looked at it for him, I've looked at three years now for him, it's always been CPOE. So it's an important fun note there. The last person in this tier is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is one of the great proofs that wins are not a quarterback stat. This particular offseason, the narrative about the Houston Texans organization has been kind of forgotten a little bit because of what's going on right now with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. However, we've lost sight of exactly how good Deshaun Watson was in 2020. He was the third-ranked quarterback in QB Stew with a score of 5.57. It was really, really, really good for Deshaun Watson in 2020. It's really important that we understand that we can't look at Sean Watson and say he doesn't win because, quite frankly, I'm not sure he got a lot of help. Deshaun Watson was ranked third in NEA, second in passer rating, third in PFF grade ranking, number one in CPOE. So if you want to look at Deshaun Watson next to Patrick Mahomes, I just said one of the things that has a tendency to drag Patrick Mahomes down is CPOE. I just said that about Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson is number one in CPOE. If Patrick Mahomes is lower because he's getting a lot of help from the system and the receivers are running open a little bit more than other quarterbacks, what does that say about Deshaun Watson when his CPOE is ranked one? Bill's Twitter was all up in arms this offseason about Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson. Because he became available in trade and there was the whole, would you trade Deshaun Watson for Josh Allen? You need to put some respect on Deshaun Watson. He played really, really well. And he has for a couple different years. And he hasn't gotten really a lot of help from the Texans organization, which we now know to be fairly dysfunctional at the top and trickling through the remainder of the organization. Now, it was ludicrous because it was never going to happen. But if you made an argument to me that Deshaun Watson's better than Josh Allen, I would listen. I would absolutely listen. If you made an argument that Josh Allen's better than Deshaun Watson, I'd listen to that too. I have them on the exact same tier. I think Josh Allen was better in 2020 than Deshaun Watson was, clearly, because the Stu score has him higher. But they're both really, really good. Deshaun Watson's been good for longer than Josh Allen, but I think Josh Allen was better in 2020. And there you have it, folks. There you have the quarterback tiers. We did it. Josh Allen ended up as one of only four quarterbacks in the top tier of NFL quarterbacks. I fully recognize that there's some danger to putting Josh Allen in the top tier of quarterbacks. There's danger there because I've said it before. I don't think 2018 and 2019 were franchise level quarterback play. I think you've seen one franchise quarterback year from Josh Allen. If I got 2019 Josh Allen every year, I would not offer that person an extension. 
I do not think that person's a franchise quarterback. 2020, Josh Allen is. I would argue that Josh Allen could regress this year and still be a franchise-level quarterback who I would want to give the bag to because that's how good he was in 2020. He was elite. I said this on Twitter, but for those of you who do not follow me on Twitter, I will say this. If Aaron Rodgers does not go bonkers in 2020, I think the NFL MVP is from Buffalo, New York and plays football in Orchard Park. That's how well Josh Allen played. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose his ever-living mind in 2020, I think Josh Allen's the MVP of the NFL. That's how well he played. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay putting him in this tier. You may disagree. You may agree. If you're listening to this Thursday, the 17th of June, join me on the Spotify Green Room app tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time because I want your reactions to this particular pod, this tier. Things you liked, things you didn't like, people you thought should have been higher, people you thought should have been lower. What did you think about Josh Allen? I want to hear it from you. So join me tonight if you're listening to this before 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the 17th of June. And until then... Or until the next time we talk, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings.